You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table, on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. From the table, the official podcast of New York's world famous Comedy Cellar. Coming at you on Sirius XM 99, Raw Dog, and the Ridecast Podcast Network. Dan Natterman here with Noam Dwarman, owner of the world famous Comedy Cellar, Piriel Ashenbrand, the producer of the show, is with us. We also have Rebecca Trent, comedy uh, legend in the comedy community. She was the owner of the iconic Artist Forward. Creek and the Cave, which unfortunately had to close its doors in part because of the pandemic. We'll be discussing that. We also have Donnie Zoldan, co-owner of Stand Up New York, which is a long established comedy club. It's on the Upper West Side here in Manhattan. And Donnie has some things to say about lockdown and he's been saying it in the media, in the press, and we'll be talking about that. I also want to uh, give a shout out to Sirius because uh, I rented a car and I, I um, I got serious and I think I'm hooked. I think I may get, I think I may actually subscribe to it. Good for you. Anyway, um, okay people, so let's start off with Rebecca. Uh, Rebecca, you had to unfortunately close your doors recently, the legendary creek in the cave. I did, I made the announcement on November 12th of this year. I turned in the keys on the 1st of December. And this was, this would, was in large measure due to the, the lockdowns? Yes, uh, due to the lockdowns and the long road ahead of us, you know, uh, we weren't in a good enough position going into the situation to sustain through what I perceive to be something that's going to last probably until September, at least for the theater portion of it all. Well, but Noam, I thought you would have jumped in by now because Noam has a lot of anger at... Uh, our politicians for not lending a helping hand to small business owners. Now, Noam's in good sure. shape. Your, your, your point of view is welcome because you are a small businessman who is facing the same challenges that Rebecca and Donnie are facing, albeit the comedy seller might have gone into all of this in a, in a stronger position. But um, so, so well, Rebecca, t- tell us yes. who you hate. Who do you hate? Who, who, you must have a, a well, list I'm, of people that you hate right now. I'm, and how I'm are you feeling? I'm upset that there wasn't a federal mandate. I'm upset that Governor Cuomo specifically pointed out comedy as something that needed to be shut down. I'm livid that the open, uh, that open arts is something that didn't happen over last summer. They moved so quickly for the restaurants, but they did nothing for the culturals in this city. And I'm disappointed in our mayor, but I think that that goes without saying, that guy's a bag of shit. Um, I mean, it's, 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 it's honestly, it's been disappointing on, on, on every front. I, I was astonished that they were allowing gatherings and huge protests and stuff, but they specifically said that outdoor comedy shows were an issue, even though we were being incredibly careful. We had people showing, we had, we had hundreds of people come to outdoor shows. I was tested every week over the summer. I never tested positive. I never tested positive for the antibodies. I was... Um, absolutely around tons of folks, but I'm also a certified 
COVID compliance officer, and I made sure that everything that we did followed SAG rules other than testing. I didn't test people ahead of time, obviously, but other than that, we followed what the rules were for COVID compliance. And I really am horrified at the way that we were treated. New York's basic foundation is the culturals. It is the arts. And they just took a big shit on us this year. They made it clear that they care more about buildings than they care about people. They made it clear that they care more, that they, they think of artists as decorations and not as workers. And Broadway is out of work. The biggest, vin like, like and, and forget Broadway in and of itself. Think about all of the tech people behind that. Think about all of the vendors. Think about the hosiery people and the wardrobe people and the people that, it, it, it's such a huge domino and it's put everybody out of work and for them to have absolutely no, nothing, nothing, no plan whatsoever, just stay home and shut up. That's insane. It's insane. Of course theaters are folding. First, Gnome froze. He's going to log back on. Yeah, it's it's really horrifying. I mean, it really, um, it. I mean, it's really fucking criminal that they, th their priorities in in this city. I think that is always lauded of like the things that make it most spectacular. I feel exactly. like exactly. And you know, obviously I'm biased. But and what was one of the very first things that they took away? They took away 24 hour transportation. Once those trains shut down, I'm telling you, it's gonna take an act of Congress to make those trains move again 24 hours. And we have to have it because that's the thing that sets us apart from every other city in this country. It's absolutely ridiculous that they were able to make that be an unended without a deadline. Like, okay, you can do it, but you can do it for this long. No, they just let it go. There's no deadline. And that scares the crap out of me. And it scares Rebecca, the crap out of me I, also as a bar owner because those bars don't close until four o'clock in the morning. How the fuck are those people supposed to get home? Rebecca, it's I, I want insane. I want to be at a bar where I can smoke. <laughs> well, those days are gone, but uh, Rebecca's smoking. It's amazing. It's COVID rules, babies. That's like the good old days of New York, right? Well, Rebecca, you're outside right now, aren't you? I am. I'm oh, you there. look like you're look like you're indoors. You're outside in a snowstorm. Is it, snow, is it still snowstorming out? Yeah. I think so. Look out your window. With us, Gnome. Yeah. Gnome is back with us, Gnome. I, I don't know if you've been listening. Uh, Rebecca's uh, obviously quite uh, upset about how uh, the politicians have uh, handled this. What, 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 now, now, Gnome, you, you feel, I think, that uh, there should have just been more financial relief for uh, bar and restaurant owners? For everybody. I, I don't know if um, what Rebecca's situation is or other people's situations are, but um, obviously, prior to the election, this became a political, a game of political incentives, and they were playing games. I, I blame Pelosi and the Democrats, and I did a lot of research on it, because Trump was actually pretty eager to make a deal, because he wanted to have a, you know, a, a feather in his cap for the election. You're talking about second stimulus package? Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. Second, and a second PPP, second round of, of loans, you know, and, and, and to have more forgivable loans, which were more realistic. The first round of loans contemplated uh, being closed for a short amount of time. They didn't contemplate restaurants being closed. So the, so the aspects of them being forgivable, um, the hoops were a little bit too difficult to jump through, but I think they may end up retroactively changing those. I don't think they're going to start collecting money from people that way. But going forward, I mean, Trump had offered $1.8 trillion and Pelosi refused it. 
And now they're getting ready to, to settle for, for 900 billion. So, you know, for half that, I think they just did not want to allow Trump to it's have any Trump's, kind of victory yeah. going to the election. And, and McConnell, of course, you know, he's from, the, from Kentucky and he, and he wants, and he's a penny pincher, but I don't think he, I don't think he's, he really matters in that equation because the Democrats have, what is it, you know, 48 senators or something. If they wanted to make a deal with Trump, there's no way that McConnell could prevent it from passing with at least half the Republican party. But there are they're not the ones who are responsible for killing the arts, essentially, in New York City, right? I mean, ha- no, obviously not. I mean, they're 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 what what's happening now in, in the city I'm seeing is people are using this more as rather than a pandemic. They're looking at it as an opportunity, you know, and it's becoming it's becoming a real estate grab. It's becoming. I'm, I'm, I'm watching places get closed and landlords literally saying, no, we haven't rented it out, but it doesn't matter. We're kicking them out. We're going to figure out a way to, we're going to figure out to make it roll through this pandemic because we're going to be able to get twice the rent after. Like, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. What's I mean, that? I don't, I don't think landlords expect to get double the rent anytime soon. I'm literally telling you that MySpace is asking for double the rent. No, no, this I'm is really telling you that that's factually happening all this, over the city. This is what it is. By the way, I get a call almost once a week from somebody who wants to buy my building. So the buzzards are out there flying, looking. Absolutely. For, and they're circling like crazy right. right now. But there's also a certain amount of leases which landlords have given out, which they've been, uh, you know, with a tenant, which have been very extremely advantageous to the tenant. Neighborhoods, probably Williamsburg, really? neighborhoods that shot up and had 15, 20 year leases. And now these landlords see the opportunity to get out from under these leases, which were way below market rent. And there's always a significant number of leases that are below market rent and vice versa. There may be tenants who somehow can find a way to get out of this when they have playing above market rent or they can get their rent lowered or whatever it is. So this, this is an opportunity for smart business people to use leverage as it were to to equalize things. I mean, I, I haven't, I pay, I pay a lot of rent and it's a fair rent. And my, so I don't have my, I don't think my landlord's looking to get me out and I'm not looking to change my rent with my landlord. But there's a lot of things going on out there. Um, True. So, so I don't know what I missed, but so, so you, and you said you well, wish let, a mask well, mandate. Is well, that well, what you're, well, well, I want to say the thing. I don't, you know, and I part company with a lot of people on this. I don't see the arts as deserving any special consideration here. I'm sure there's many, many industries which are also hit just as uh, harshly as comedy clubs. I just think that everybody should have been better taken care of. Every, every, I agree. Everybody, top to bottom. Um, they closed people's businesses down. And obviously when they did that, they should have provided for them the ability to not lose their businesses, period. But what Rebecca was saying when you lost um, power over there was that, first of all, that she is a COVID compliance officer. So, and she was doing things incredibly safely and incredibly COVID, um, you know, compliant. Well, and- I, mean, I mean, there's two questions, I think, without wanting to cut you off. Uh, Carol, sure. I already cut you off. I'm used to um, it. It's okay. The two questions, number one, are they taking care of the people that had to shut down? And number two, should they have shut them down in the first place? We just had the restaurants go back into shutdown. There's no longer indoor dining in New York. And there's deb- one can debate whether that's prudent or imprudent, whether uh, leaving restaurants open 
was a big factor in the uh, spike. And then the second question is, is, how do we take care of these people now that they've had to shut down? So I mean, it, those, those are it two It wasn't, ways. not to cut you off, Most Dan. of the studies it, have proven that the spikes have been a result of people having small indoor gatherings with their friends and families over the holidays, exactly what they predicted. There isn't any spike as a result of indoor dining. And if there was, all of Long Island would be dead right now. 1.4% is supposedly the um, percentage of from indoor dining. Now, having said that, I also don't believe that the burden of public health should be on the shoulders of restaurant owners. I think that it's ridiculous that I, I, I don't like the idea of taking people's names and addresses. I don't like the contact tracing stuff. Like all of it just seems like a little bit much to me. I don't like the stuff that they are requiring in order for indoor dining to be okay. So I didn't feel like indoor dining was okay to begin with just based on that stuff. Well, I, I wanna add something and maybe Danny or Don, Donnie or, uh, uh, wants to um, tell me that I'm wrong. I don't think anybody was going to make a living at 25% capacity unless they were cheating. That's 100% correct. There is yeah. no way around that. So when these comedy clubs are talking about wanting to stay open, I'm assuming, or not any club, any restaurant, whatever it is, that they want to stay open because they want to um, uh, uh, cheat on these regulations because they're desperate to keep a roof over their heads. I'm not, I'm, you know, I, I mean, that's well, a moral no, issue. I mean, a lot of restaurants with 25% indoor dining and the outdoor dining that they have are breaking even just by yeah. paying their employees. No, and the, they're the, just trying to retain their employees. No, the, that's the, the, few, the few restaurants that have big outdoor space, like a Da Silvano or something, you know, there's, there's some uh -huh. restaurants that, that make their living in outdoors, but most, most restaurants don't. And, and the, you know, the kind of the indoor dining, the takeout, you might, yeah, yeah, you might yeah. get to a point where Maybe. It's I, nothing, nothing goes for hundred percent. Well, all I'm saying is that, and, and let me be clear again, it's, it's not impossible, but it's not probable. It's the government that I'm resenting here because they're putting people in a, in position, a position where they have to cheat, where they're, where they're desperate and they're put they're between losing everything, feeding their kids and making moral compromises. Right. In terms of and 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 why should people be put in that situation? So I'm exactly. not trying to I'm not trying to be judgmental, but I do want to say that the idea that we could be open at 25% capacity. It's no, thank you. I'd rather stay closed. I can't. I, Correct. It's way more expensive to be open. One of the problems open. that I've had with this whole situation is that they we, they've had us limping along every step of the way. They go, oh, it's going to be two weeks. Go ahead and order your chicken and your and your and your ice cream and whatever else. Oh, my bad. It's going to be another couple of months. Oh, you know what? We're going to take this away. We're going to take that away. And they just keep eking away at us and just but allowing us to just sort of limp along. It's insulting. And the comedy clubs do have a, a, a particular beef, which is they, they led us to believe that we would be able to open when they opened it. So we when they opened exactly. the dining. So we spent a lot of money. I spent tens of thousands of dollars gearing the place Air up. purifying. And, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. with all that shit. And that, I mean, that's a fucking outrage too. Like at a time when we have no money, of they dangle this thing in front of us so we, so we scrape up some money to invest in some future and then that money is wasted. Let's, can we, can and we, then they took it away. Get the pitchforks. I'm joining the Proud Boys. Can we talk to Danny? Okay, calm Danny. down everybody. Danny actually was doing, you guys were doing pretty well over the summer when the weather is good with outdoor shows, but now that's no longer viable and 
do you want to open even if it's a 25% capacity or do you agree with Noam that that's, we'd rather be closed? If that I, would much ra I would much rather be open. And when de Blasio says that indoor dining is allowed, we're going to reopen. So if that's next week, we're going to reopen. But, but Danny, how many people, you, you fit what, 75, 80 people in your, in your room as it is? 120. 120. So yeah. you're going to be open with, with 30 people? I'll, I'll, I'll be thrilled with that. Um, can you, make, you can't make money with 30 people. I'm paying much less rent right now. Thank God I have a great landlord. You know, he's a, he's a huge supporter of the arts and he's been an Upper West Sider since the 70s. Um, I mean, all my expenses will be lower. Um, and I want to I wanna keep things going. What, what, I'm like at the club every single day, half the day, like sitting on the bench in the window, looking out the window. I'd much rather just operate even if it's at break even then then just sit there i'm hearing that from business owners everywhere and it doesn't make any sense to me well D D donnie i mean this, i've said this before but no it's no offense to know him uh that, that some of these comedy club owners are, are, are really they're comedy fans and they love what they do and they even if they're not making money they danny donnie rather uh it's spelled danny you'll forgive me <laughs> Would you put yourself in that category as somebody who just simply loves being around comedy and wants to open just because you you want to you want you want that or is it all dollars and cents? No, I mean I think it's various reasons. Um, I'll, I'll admit I'm not a, the biggest comedy nerd. You know I'm not I'm not I'm, you know most com comics or comedy club owners. You know they would say they got into the business because you know they loved listening to George Carlin or Richard Pryor albums. Like, that's not me. I did go to the cellar. I just, I grew up right outside of the village and I did go to the cellar when I was in high school, when I was 15, 16 years old, you know, and I loved, I loved the experience just being in a comedy club. You know, it, was, it wasn't, you know, even just watching the comics. I just love sitting there looking at people, looking at the cute waitress. Um, and I love being around pe people that create. Uh, whether it's actors or comics. So I, I want that energy back. And I would much rather. Yeah, I live man. I feel you. I live a few blocks away from the club. Like, would I rather be closed and, like, sit at the bar by myself all day, which I'm doing now, or would I rather be open and see 25, 30 customers a night and six comics and, you know, just have a good time in a safe way, even if I'm breaking even, I would much rather choose that. It's not, it's not did, you, did you did you get the air purification and like all of that stuff that Noma's talking about? No. So How Dan, can you, in good conscience, think that you're going to be able to do that and know that it's in a safe way then inside? I mean, look, I'll, I'll you know follow, you know, whatever safety precautions we could take. I'll or and can afford. I'll I'll do. I mean, that's, that's the and, bottom and there, line. And, people, and there's a lot of... people have a choice also. Who has a choice? You know, I mean, people have a choice if they, wanna, if, they, if they feel comfortable coming to our space or not. Yeah, they don't Are know. you going to advertise that you didn't get an air filtration system? I have no problem with that. Yeah, why not? I don't care. Yeah, but you wouldn't. Like, because I'm that's the not. thing is that, like, this is what Noam's talking about. It puts the onus on you as the, as the, uh, as the proprietor of the space to create a safe environment. And I 
don't, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, and I'm saying that there's, there, it, there, there is no way to guarantee that you're creating a safe environment without massive renovations like Gnome's talking about. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing that. Yeah, I'm not guaranteeing that. So, so let's spin out, let's spin out from Donnie. I'm going to say this. First of all, if you can make a, uh, if you can break even with the 30 people, te salud, Don Corleone, because, because that, that's, uh, I, I, that doesn't seem plausible to me. Um, but pre presuming that you can get in the vicinity or, or uh, forget about you, some business that fits your profile could, could get in the vicinity of breaking even at 30 people. If, if, if another 10 people show up at the door, they're going to get let our, in. Our expenses are very low here. Yeah, I but mean, 30 exactly. people. Not, I mean, but another 10 need... people show up at the door, they're going to get let in. That's the thing. Like, we, like it's crazy. And, and look, you got to you can't, you got to pay the comedians. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. What, I mean, three, thir, 30, what, if you're lucky to get $10 right? cover, 30 people, $300, pay the comedians. Look, I mean, the comedians, I mean, come comedians, on now. Don't... Comedians are, uh, fairly understanding years ago there was a comedy coalition where comedians wanted more money and there yes. was some hard feelings and they were successful there were the hard hard feelings between some of the comedians and some of the club owners but we're reasonable people there were shows this year for which i received no money uh that were outdoor shows stand up new york paid money thank you Don donnie um but there were other clubs that i worked at for free um we're reasonable if if, if it's if it's a catastrophe out there we're we're you know we're willing to listen and and um and work for less if if, if we feel that that's warranted you know but um because we comics i see co a lot of comics want, want to start working also I, I was shocked like we posted last night on our instagram that they were planning moving forward to just follow the guidelines given to bars and restaurants and um, I was shocked. There was not one negative comment. I thought we were going to get, get backlash. Every single comic, uh, every single audience, every single fan just commented, like, amazing, go for it, I'm supporting you. We didn't have one negative comment on our reopening plan. So comics, we know comics that want to perform. We, have, we know comedy fans that want to come out. So, so we'll give them a little can we, can we get to Donnie's feud with Saturday Night Live briefly? Because he's been he's been uh, talking about yeah. it in, in the media. So Donnie, before, before, I, I do want to get to just before before we get off Re Rebecca Dan. I'm sorry because I, I, I just want to say that um um because I spoke to Rebecca once a few a few weeks ago. Uh, you seem to be you seem to be mentally in a in a much better place. You seem to have rebounded. You got your your head together a little bit. I'm happy to see that. I hope I hope that's the truth. Are you talking about? Yeah. Rebecca, Rebecca. I have, I have a, I, I have a couple of job opportunities that I'm exploring right now, and I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to continue to, you know, build the brand in a way that's going to be in keeping with what it was before. Um, so good. I don't know. We'll see. I'm just kind of, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm still in a place where I'm just waiting to see what's going to happen, just like I have been since March. You know. I'm just trying to not be too in my head about it anymore because I was in a really bad space when you when you and I spoke. Yeah. And 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 you know honestly, making the decision to turn in the keys was the hardest thing that I've ever had to do. And you know I I I felt like particularly after I got your counsel on it, I felt like I was making the the right and appropriate decision. 
Um, but it didn't hurt any less, you know, it was hard. And I'm, I'm living in an apartment that I'm like mostly moved out of and I'm like living out of a suitcase and just sort of trying to figure out how to make stuff work. But I have a, I have a family situation that I'm going to have to deal with for the month of January. And I think that sort of having that ability to put a pause on me and what my needs has kind of helped me like reevaluate everything and like put stuff into perspective. You know what I mean? Well, I just want to say, we all know this, that, that Rebecca has put in for years now, uh, even before, for, for quite a long time before she was on my radar, uh, really tender loving care into the industry of comedy and in nurturing acts and, and selflessly and not, not looking to make real money, just looking to, to stay open because she loved so much yeah. of what she was doing. And it's fucking enraging and, um, and you know, you can get really emotional about it. It's just, it's, you know, when, when, a lot of people, when, when Trump lost it, char- uh, character is destiny, character is destiny. If only character were really destiny. Because character, was des- character was destiny after he lost re-election, right? Prior to him winning, <laughs> they didn't say character was destiny when he won. <laughs> so, and anyway, char- character, you know, is is great, but there's there's other things, and you cert- we certainly do need the fucking help from our fiduciary leaders, as you know, people who are responsible for us. That's what they supposedly went into this profession for, and they fucking hung us out to dry. And you're right, from Trump to Cuomo to the blot, not a single fucking one of them stepped up. Pelosi, none of them. One of our city council members, Jimmy Van Bramer, had the paperwork in front of people in Albany in August to get the theaters open back up again, and they didn't vote on it until last week. You know, they want you should depend on big government. Depend on big government. You know, your Republicans, Republicans want smaller government, Democrats want bigger government. The one time we actually needed to depend on needed big government. Yeah, one time we needed it. No, 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 no. We have an election coming. We can't. We can't afford to let anybody we'll win right now. We'll figure it out now. later. I've yeah, never exactly. heard the character is destiny thing, but uh, I'll take your word for it that people have been saying it. <laughs> yes, they have. Go to Twitter. Okay, D- Danny. Wait a second. Why did you pick I just want to with- know something. Why are why weren't they letting you do shows outside? Like how? Very specifically, Governor Cuomo said no outdoor entertainment, including comedy adult entertainment and karaoke. He specifically slated those three things. There are some conspiracy theories uh, behind why, but I believe that he was going after adult entertainment and he needed to have this, um, he needed to have other industries that he could put his crosshairs on. And but you can how talk does it to, make sense that you're allowed or were allowed to have a restaurant with 25% capacity, but one indoors, person with a microphone? But no outdoor shows. I mean, right. it makes because no sense. the laughter spreads the aerosol. Was what I was told. And that, that which, by the way, might have some. Oh, you think so? No, I don't know. You know, I, I, I've heard tell. I don't, I don't think that if people are wearing masks that laughing is any more dangerous than screaming uh, uh, chants or than... Uh, people are wearing masks, but if it's... Easing into a mask or, you know. I mean, I'm again, all for killing Again, I, 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 I just want to say, me. some of the science is, is more, more in focus now to us, is more in focus to us now than it was three, four months ago when they didn't know 
how it would spread outdoors. I mean, it's been a moving target all along. So I don't really, sure. I don't really fault them for being overcautious or whatever it is. I think we really have to focus that the real fault is that whatever they decided they wanted to do, they then had to provide the sustenance so that people's lives weren't robbed from them. You want to close us down? All right. And, and if you find out five months later, oh, it turns out it would have been okay because we didn't know the virus doesn't spread. Well, yeah, of course. You fine. Know. As long as it's we fine. were eating the whole time, it's fine. That's right. But, but you know, even loans, you know, 1% loans that I can pay back over 10 years, whatever you got to do, you can't just let people. And it's not, just, it's not just the business owners. It's all the employees as well. All the people that the business, I mean, it's, it's, it's the whole economy. It's fucked up. And the guy hey. I buy my produce from. And yeah, it's yeah. everybody. It has to be everybody. So, Danny. Why did you go after SNL, Donnie? Why did you go after Seinfeld? Why, why, why Seinfeld are you picking fights all thing. over? Is this, is this a way to get, um, is this a way to get publicity, or is this actually a, a smart move on your part? What's going on here? I'm going after, I'm going after you tomorrow. No, I'm <laughs> oh, you can't. I'm saying, like, if, you know, you're going after Seinfeld. You're going after SNL. Uh, these are not, these are, these are not the kind of people you want to cross, are they? Why, why, why not? I mean, I, I'm gonna, I wanna, I wanna bring attention again to the fact that comedy clubs are closed and I, I want to be able, I want clubs to be able to operate under the same guidelines as restaurants and bars. So like whatever. Oh, you're it, the, I mean, are, are you the guy that said that Saturday Night Live, like comedy clubs are upset because Saturday Night Live is still able to have an audience? That's him. That's him. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. You know that so, so, but you know that you could create a closed set in your comedy club and just make it a COVID compliant set, right? I mean, we're, we're starting shows. What's the, what's the difference? Well, the difference is, is that you have to follow the rules and regulations that the Screen Actors Guild has put forth and you put some cameras up and you give everybody a tape afterwards. It would be super easy. I'm, I'm really I'm, of whatever regulation. Why is SNL able to have shows? What's the loophole? Are they? I mean, it's, it's not really a loophole. They, they, they're, 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 they're working under a closed set. It's a different situation. But what do you mean? They're isolating people. Okay, let let let, Dan, let, Dan, let Donnie go get his. Oh, sorry, sorry. Let his, sorry no, no, let him get thing, and then I, then I, I, I want to comment on the closed set thing too. But go ahead, Donnie. Okay, Donnie. I, I'm look. I mean, I think the city needs to prioritize small businesses, and they're not. You know, the health department's working with SNL so they can be open. I, w I was at Rockefeller Center on Saturday night, and and there's there. multiple blocks that are like closed off. You know, so so people can see the stupid tree. I mean, there's so shoulder much like shoulder. there's so yeah, there's thousands of people down there. Yeah, lined it's and and instead of like putting you know money and time and energy in, into closing off many blocks in Midtown, so people see this tree, like they need to help small businesses, and no one's listening. Well, what what can we get into? Because not everybody's aware. What is SNL doing that allows them to have an audience? What what precise other than just closed set, which doesn't mean anything to a lot of people? I think I think I think one is they're paying. I heard they're paying the audience members and treating them as employees. I think that's one thing. That, that that's not exactly accurate. So the audience is hired, and everybody has to have a negative test within. Uh, probably 24 hours but Wait, what did i say that was inaccurate what's that what did i say that was inaccurate i said that they're paying them and treating them as employees 
Well, they're also they're also apparently in, testing them. Is that it? Uh, yeah. yeah. So they're 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 treating them like extras, right? So they're they're being treated as part of the show. So they have to go through all of the COVID compliance that everybody else has to go through in order to be on the show. So there's mask requirements. There's temperature checks. They have to have negative tests before they can walk in the door. All of that stuff. And I imagine as the efficacy of the rapid tests become better, they're going to require rapid tests on entrance as well. Um, and also we can be quite sure. It's just a different situation. I, I, not think, a comedy I, think club. Need, I really believe like we need, you know, comedy club owners and comics need to make a lot of noise if they want to get help. Uh, you know, a few months ago, Seinfeld was at Gotham, you know, for that press conference, Save Our Stages. Right. I mean, was there right. any follow-up? I mean, like you got like day in and out, and day day in and day out. Chuck like, Schumer. So, so that was a Chuck Schumer initiative, uh, and that was something that came very much out of a result of the article or the op-ed piece that was written by James Altucher. Mm -hmm. Um. So that was Seinfeld was a part of what Chuck was doing. Chuck Schumer advance that as far as he could and that is part of why open arts got passed in our city the save our stages thing but i mean did so my, it go my, into anything my, my that was point, really tangible nah not so really. my, my point my point is I, I feel like the only way comedy clubs and music venues are going to get any support is if we go out there and scream and yell and just day in and day after do that. And that's what I'm trying to do. So yes, calling out SNL, um, you know, calling out Cuomo for his like ridiculous fundraiser, $10,000 a person birthday, virtual fundraiser, um, closing off Rockefeller Center so people can see this dump tree. Um, I mean, I'm committed to like- Hold on, so Donnie, let, let me ask you this question. So, so you're gonna tell me Look me in the camera eye and tell me that you believe the following, that your employees are just as safe waiting on strangers who show up at the door than in your place without filters, than an NBC employee is working where they have people who have been tested prior, 24 hours prior to coming in with sophisticated HVAC, high ceilings, uh, state-of-the-art everything at the at Rockefeller Center and all that stuff. I mean, I, I, I would have a, I mean, this is, I, I've hedged on all this because I don't feel like I can say, yeah, if you let it, if, if, if they can go to SNL, then of course they can, they can cram into the basement of the comedy cellar. I, I just can't say that. I just, I'm not, I I'm not of, course, of course I'm not saying that, but let people, I believe people should have a choice if they feel comfortable going to a comedy shop. I'm not saying I'm not saying we're conducting it safer than them. Of course we're not. But what about like, your employees? This is a, it, it's their choice if they want to work or not. Yeah. Like people, people need to make a living. People want want to be out there. Let it let it be their choice. To me, yeah, well, the, government, the government the government shouldn't the government shouldn't put employees in a position where they have to be so desperate that they have to take risks with their health like that. That's just it's just wrong what's going on. That's true, but to me, it doesn't make sense. Why can't the comedy clubs be opened if the restaurants are open? Like, the restaurants are closed. How, how, come, how come Cuomo is not saying, don't go on the subway unless you have to? 
you know, what about the airlines? Don't don't go on an airplane unless you have to. I mean, it, yeah, I, I agree that like it, that doesn't it, make sense. I, I haven't heard Tabasio say once like, you know, don't don't go on the subway unless you really have to. There are so many things that people are being allowed to do and comedy is not one of them. And it makes no logical sense as to why. Yeah, but, but what are we saying here? Are we saying that they're being too permissive with the other aspects? Or are we saying that, no, they're, they're, def- they're absolutely right the way they're handling the rest and they should just treat comedy clubs the same. Like, I think maybe you're making an argument that they're, that they're, not, that they're being too permissive elsewhere, which I might agree with you. But I, I don't think we should be able, able to open at 100% capacity in a comedy club now. I don't think that. I don't, I don't think that either. And, and again, we haven't tried, you know, since March to do, to do shows. Um, we lost we, Rebecca, by the way, but hopefully she'll come back. I know. I'm assuming she lost. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I've come to a point, what is it, December 16th? Like, we haven't had shows indoors since March. You know, we did 500 shows outdoors in the summer and fall. We wow. paid every single comic. Um, it, was, we, it was a really fun time. And the past month or six weeks has been difficult. And it's been so frustrating to see like a day like yesterday where New York Department of Cultural Affairs announces, you know, $47 million that they're giving to institutions like the New York Philharmonic and the, the Metropolitan Opera um, and Jazz at the Lincoln Center. So as a small business owner to see that they're getting this money when they have so much access to capital, that, that put me over the edge. Like, I, I didn't know about that. That's outrageous. That, 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 that led to my decision. Like I, I read this article about five o'clock yesterday, $47 million from the city to, to the Met and, and to the Philharmonic and Jazz. And these are monster organizations. And after reading that, I, I decided like we're just reopening. Like that, I, I wasn't thinking, John, my booker, was, has been convincing me the past few weeks to do a New Year's Eve show at the club. And I said, no. He, he said, look, I'll make it a private event. I said, no. I'm, I'm very, I was very against, up until last night, to do anything indoors. When I saw that happening, I'm, I'm like... What about liability? Think... What about liability? Dude, I'm, I'm 30. I've been an entrepreneur since I'm 19. Like, I've, I'm a risk taker. That's just how I roll. <laughs> Whatever, you know, I'll, I'll do things as safely as, as possible. Everyone will wear masks. Uh, we're, not, we're not looking, no one's looking to get sick. Like no one's going to be hanging out beforehand or after. We're really, we're really going to do it in a safe way. That's my experience on New Year's Eve, that people really keep their heads, you know, <laughs> about them and they don't, <laughs> not, they, don't not, they, they don't take unnecessary risks. We're not doing, uh, not doing New Year's Eve, but... I, th- I think most of the women I've gotten pregnant in my life were on New Year's Eve, but anyway. But that, that, that's what led to my decision to reopen after reading that article last night. That was just, just such a slap in the face to small businesses and to comedy. has got a bad connection. Uh, so, so, so what else? Dan, you're muted, Dan. Oh my God, this is, this is just a debacle here. No, Dan, your mic's not working, Dan. Your, your, your mouth is- Oh, I'm working. sorry, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Okay, go ahead. All right. Um, so, so Danny, you're, you're reopening in the face of, uh, in the face of uh, restrictions that tell you you shouldn't be reopening. I mean, I think you're risking- Civil, and, this is civil uh, disobedience, Dan. We're I imagine you're here. risking a huge fine and, and who knows what. I, I would probably advise you if I were your lawyer not to do it, but- um, 
you know. And I yeah. don't know how many people are going to want to go. If, but... if I saw like some end in sight where we're getting support or even conversations of support, then I would hold off. But again, after seeing that announcement of $47 million going to these huge organizations and no other support in the immediate future, that, that, that's what led to my decision. Like even PPP like doesn't, PPP keeps on employees for eight weeks. So what is that? That doesn't go to pay rent or really anything else. No, yeah, the, other, the other 30% of it goes to rent. Rent, what would you, yeah, but it, 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 it doesn't, doesn't keep a business going. No, and what would you does 25% capacity. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. No, and what would you suggest a guy like Donnie does? He's mad. He's, he's, he's can't take it anymore. Uh, and he wants and, and to if my, par- if my partner had made $100 million on, uh, on Bitcoin, I would, <laughs> I, would, I would stay closed for like, like, like his partner. I would, I, I'm, $100 million may not be a, a realistic number, but it's a well, lot. Bitcoin of, you know, is up. By, uh, Bitcoin is at 21000 right now. So he's, he's a known uh, rich person, right? So, and, and we like him, but, uh, uh, but I would just wait the two or three months until the vaccine uh, starts having its effect. And then I would, ju- I would just wait it out. It's, it, right now, there actually is a light at the end of the tunnel. This is the, this is the exact time it makes the least sense to be taking risks. Bitcoin is at $21,000. I want to go on record as saying as a former Bitcoin owner, I think it's a Ponzi scheme. I always thought it was a Ponzi Dan, scheme. Can we not, can we not get digress uh, into but Bitcoin? I, I, but there's a lot of money to be made in Ponzi schemes. I think Ponzi was made a lot of money until he got busted. <laughs> that, that's where this was going. Okay. So. No, it wasn't where it's going, but, but you know, I'm just saying uh, Bitcoin is, 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 is going through the roof. The point uh, is this, when, when, when we had no idea when a vaccine was coming and when the, when the, when the Trump-hating media was saying, we've never had a vaccine in shorter than five years and, and it's going to take years at least, and it was an open-ended thing, then, then there was reason to say, fuck it, I got to open, I'm going to take risks because this, could, this might never end. They might never have a vaccine, right? So, but now that we have a vaccine, two of them in approved, more, there's seven more or something in the pipeline, now is not the time to be taking risks. Now is the time to just tighten your belt and wait it out. That's not, that's not my personality. You know, a month, when, I, when, I, when I was 24, a month before I got married, I wasn't making any money. And I had an opportunity in Trinidad, Tobago. And I flew down there and I, and I overnight, like I, I built a telephone network into Trinidad. And, and I sold it to a phone company. Like a month this, is not, this is not an opportunity to be open with 25 people i want i want to do what i want to do you know comics you know want, want to perform uh there are a lot of comedy fans that want to come to the club i want to reopen it's a personal decision uh you know i text james last night he loves it you know gave my other partners on board like why not well i told you the reasons all right i mean I it's mean, a personal you know it's personal. Is, is one of the, is one of the reasons is one of the reasons here that um do you think that maybe there's an opportunity here while, you know, while I'm closed and while some other people are closed to gain a foothold in the industry that you, that you might not be able to get while, while uh, there's, there's comp- stiff competition? No. Be the only, be the only we, game in town for a while? I think we did that like in the summer with our park shows. Like that, that was part of our mo- motivation also. You know, I think that was an opportunity. Yeah. Well, they did it. Yeah, I must say you guys did a great job. They uh, had like, a, they were doing shows all over the city and, Central Park and Prospect awesome. Park. And we, we, Saturday, we were doing 10 shows. It was amazing. And the shows were actually pretty good. I did a few of them. 
uh, in the park and, um, you know, I actually found them to be pretty good, uh, which I wasn't expecting because we're outside with a dodgy sound system, but, but uh, the audience was really, uh, really into it. Um, and and, and one, one more thing, you know, I mean, again, like frustration and anger, you know, like also led, led to this decision with like yesterday's announcement. We don't have a kitchen, so we can't do outdoor dining. We can't have a tent. Uh, you know, we, I scouted some roof decks and they're very small. They don't have heaters. We freaking, we did a show in a church last month. Like we're running. Oh, yeah, what happened with that? That looked like such a great idea. What, was, um, what, ha what, what, uh, happened from there? Yeah, that looked we really. Found, yeah, we found this awesome church, St. Paul and St. Andrew on 86 and West End. Their capacity is like a thousand. We had 50 people. The pastor spoke before the service and it was awesome. It was like a really fun experience. What was but, it called? Jesus and Dick Jokes? The, te the Temple of Laughter. Bra Temple Brian Laughter. McFadden. Brian McFadden said it was, it felt like a cross between Punchline and the Exorcist. He was performing in front of a cross. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was cool, but, you know, the church contacted us after that they want to put it on pause because they're not holding uh, services, religious services in the church and they're afraid you know their congregation will get upset that they're hosting comedy shows but not religious services it's no, 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 i got another i got another question i got another question for you while we're speaking frankly here hope i'm not speaking at a turn what was your i mean i guess i i'm kind of sensing the answer already but what was your thinking when you went public at page six and called seinfeld an ungrateful uh whatever it was like, what did you hope to gain by that? I found that interesting. Like, I would have never done that. I mean, I just haven't had a pleasant experience with him. You know, he's, I've seen, you know, a year ago he came to the club and, you know, he's just not, he's not friendly to people. Um, I saw a fan walk over to him at the bar. Hi, you know, I'm a huge fan. I've been a fan for a long time. Can I take a picture with you? And he just like, turned his back and walked away. I just, and, and I've seen him like multiple times in, in a similar situation where I just don't respect the guy if, if, if he's not a kind person. It really, it really bothers me. So, so let's say, but this is where I disagree with you. Uh, and, I, and I actually, I'm, I'm not saying this to be smooth. I really believe it. When somebody like Seinfeld walks in and they decide to perform at your club, you are you are the you are the beneficiary of a gratuitous gift there. Put a number on it for one. I don't know, worth five thousand dollars to your goodwill or something. There's, there there is a there's a tremendous one way exchange there of value from Jerry Seinfeld to Stand Up uh, New York. And and I think that like so. I'd rather I'd rather not have it if he's if he's gonna act like a prick and be mean to our customers. I'd rather ha not have him come. I, I don't I don't need like we're not gonna close down because Seinfeld doesn't come here. I just I just wanna I just wanna surround myself with good people. Yeah, um, well, I mean, I mean I, I, I I've never seen Jerry Seinfeld. I mean Jerry Seinfeld is a person who keeps to himself and he's tremendously famous he's 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 on a plus list fame along with you know the living beatles and stuff like this this is not an ordinary uh, amount of famous 
greatness. And it's got to be utterly fatiguing for a guy like that to walk around yeah. and try, as Jerry Seinfeld. And if, and if he doesn't want to talk to anybody, I don't walk in his shoes. Have it, to. It, just, it just seems like whatever. He's coming into your club and he's, and he's, you say, you say it doesn't matter whether he comes in. I think it does. I think it does matter. I, th I think that your chances of- oh, No, he's uh, not saying it doesn't matter. He's saying it's not worth it to him if Seinfeld is not going to behave in a way that he respects. So that he's not denying that Seinfeld's presence is important, yeah. but it's not, it's not going to put him out of business if Seinfeld doesn't show up and he doesn't want that energy in his club. Well, 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 well what put- and, I, and, I've met, and I've met people like almost equally as famous, you know, Adam Sandler, you know, I've met him multiple times. He's like the loveliest guy in the world. You know, the most humble, you know, I'm sure you- Look, you look the truth is, the truth is this. Um, we know a lot of people that are at Seinfeld's level or if not, not far, certainly considered cooler and more relevant in 2020. And we don't hear these stories about them. It could all be wrong. We could be misjudging him. The fact is, is the stories and the reputation of Seinfeld is not as positive as the stories and reputation surrounding other artists. Uh, is there any validity to it? I don't know. But it doesn't but take I, that much to be nice. I just no. know that when I just know that Ray Romano, who's eh, more or less, you guys are nuts. You guys are nuts. More, more or less. Can I finish my sentence, please? Yes, go ahead. Ray Romano is is probably more relevant today than Seinfeld is. He may not as rich as Seinfeld. You never hear a bad word about him. <laughs> Now, you maybe, want him to show up to your club and you want to tell him how to act? That's nuts. Um, I'm just saying, I'm just it's saying. My, it's my, it's my business. If I. I'm saying in the interest of being truthful. It's my, it's my, uh, it's my, it's my business. Seinfeld's, repu Seinfeld's reputation is not as good as other people's at equal levels of fame. Seinfeld's and, been to my club and it was a lovely experience. Okay. I want to, I want to, I want to say something. It really bothered me. It really bothered me when I saw. It be all wrong. You know, it may be all It really bothered me when I saw a fan walk over to him in a very nice way and say she was a big fan and have a picture with you. And he didn't say one word. He turned his back and walked away. Like, okay. I want to say, I want to say, it's my business. He was having a bad night. I'm just saying I know what no, I hear. And what I hear is Dan. Dan, if he's concerned on. about his, his his reputation, he may want to. It may be important for him to know this. Dan, you got to finish your sentence. Now hold on a second. Okay, I want to say two things. One of these one of these things I said in another, one of our podcasts prior. Seinfeld's humor is a direct outgrowth of his particular personality. That kind of uh, sarcastic, uh, perhaps snarky, whatever you want to, whatever adjective you want to put on that sensibility, that's who he is. And that's why he's able to come up with all that material. If, if he had a happy-go-lucky personality, he would not have been able to create Seinfeld. So you got to take, you got to take it as it comes, number one. Number two, when I see somebody walk up to a super, a super famous person in the olive tree, my reaction is exactly the opposite of what you're describing. My reaction is always, where the fuck is my staff? Why, are we, I'm, I'm, why have we not insulated this famous person from being put in the position where some stranger has to interrupt them and start talking to them? I know I'm a moderately, a moderately uh, known public person I don't like it when anybody comes and bothers me. I mean, I grin and bear it. And sometimes if they're, if they're very charming or hot, I'll, I'll, you know, it's, it's all right. But in general, I'm like, 
why you why why do you think why would one any person customer think that that famous person there wants to be bothered with you walking up to them and and buttonholing them you know he's like he, he, i mean my, my venue is also much smaller than yours we have a very small bar we, you know, no, that's we, what i'm saying if if i was you i would and i would and seinfeld came in i would tell my door guys don't let anybody near him that's what I would say. And if somebody did get near him, I'd be like, I'm sorry, Jerry, we let you down because I know you didn't want to come here in a tiny little place and be at the mercy of, of the judgment of my customers of when it was a good time to bother you and when it was not. How many times they should ask you, whether they should ask you for an autograph, how, they'll, how, to get, how do you get them? We know some of these people, they've had a few drinks. They, you can't get them to walk away. Like, like what are we bugging we, 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 we typically don't allow people to bother them. This person got got through. Um, we're different also, you know, you said you don't want to be bothered. Like I want to be nice to people, you know, if, if com I, you know, I, if comics, amateur comics want to like call me, text me, email me, I give, I give them my number. I give them my email address. You know, it is not nice to walk up to a person famous or otherwise. They don't, they don't know that a lot of these people. Oh, come on. Fans, you can't blame the that. audience member for that. Noam. an audience member is, is starstruck. He's adored this person for years. Are you suggesting the audience member was wrong to approach Seinfeld? That's not fair. Uh, I, I'm yeah, I am suggesting that. I wouldn't do it. Well, I, you wouldn't I, do it because you're, you're you're not a starstruck. Is there is there anyone you would is there anyone you would do it to? No, I would not bother somebody. Barack Obama. <laughs> is there no? Is there someone that you really look up to? Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. Is there not, someone? I would not, not bother that. somebody on their own time. Okay. No, unless please, I uh, thought, unless I saw some reason to think that it would not, that it would be happily received. When you were twenty, when you were twenty years old, if you saw uh, Marlon Brando, would you walk over to him? I don't know. Maybe I would have been 20 years old. If I got my nose slapped, I'd learn a lesson. Don't bother people. Uh, like, you know, if after a show, if somebody's hanging around after a show, clearly that's a time when people uh, want to, when, when stars are open to meeting people. If, if, Seinfeld, yeah. if Seinfeld goes to the bar, whatever it is. But if he is retreating into what is obviously meant to be a cordoned off space, then it's up to the club owner to protect the integrity and, okay. of that cordoned off space. He, he, that he, incident he, happened, happened in the bar. Seinfeld was having a drink in the assuming, bar. Assuming, oh, well, it's a to, <laughs> assuming, it's to, assuming it's up to the club owner. Okay, so the club owner didn't do his job by your estimation, but are you going to blame the audience member for, for being starstruck and in love? Yes, I do all the Come time, on. Dan. You haven't seen me get mad at, a, at a, somebody now who walked up to somebody. You shouldn't because that's what, that's, these people are the reason we get to do what we do me on a very small level, Seinfeld on a very big level. These are lovers of what we do. I don't blame them for coming up to us. And, 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 and you know, at a certain point, of course, it gets to be uh, a little bit too much, but how can you blame somebody for loving what you do and being angry at them for loving what you do? And, and telling someone you appreciate like how good of a comic they are, or how good of an actor they are. That's a nice thing to say to someone. What, what you're saying is not ridiculous, Dan. And anger is not the word I would describe. But what I know that the, what happens is that usually or, or with a high percentage of the time, when somebody walks up to Jerry Seinfeld, they don't just say, Mr. Seinfeld, I just want to tell you I love your work and walk away. They, they, 
they they linger on. They try to tell a joke. They're, they're, my my friend, my father, my this that. And and somebody times listen. He can't he can't pick and choose, and he probably choose, and he just decides. Listen, I am not going to. I'm just going to cut these all off when they happen. I got to tell you, I, it doesn't bother me. What can I tell you? I just doesn't bother me. Well, Maybe, look, I, I'm Donnie not just said it happened. I'm not going to comment bar. on the particular incident that Donnie has related to us. And it's always possible that Seinfeld was having a bad day. But I assume when you reach, when you reach that level of notoriety, you figure out how to deal with it uh, in, a, in a way that's, you know, I mean, in a, in a way, well, we know ridiculously famous people know them and, and they figured out how to deal with it. You know, Ray Romano has figured out how to deal with it in a way that I don't think ever leaves the- This is my naked son, brother. Can you get out of there? Cute, but, but, but it's not appropriate. I, I think Ray's figured out, I've never seen Ray in action, but it, it seems like Ray has figured out how to keep his intimacy and his privacy at the same time, not make people feel like shit. That Adam, Adam Sandler also. I assume there's a way to do it. And some people are better at it than others. It may just be that Seinfeld is just not at ease in those situations. And is not, a, he might have social anxiety disorder. And, 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 I'm, and I'm related to him. Are you related? Well, we're all related if you go back. He's on, he's on my family tree. Well, <laughs> listen, I can, I can list. I can list. Grandmother from Syria. Dan, you can too. I can list easily 10 famous comedians who <laughs> feel exactly the same way as Jerry Seinfeld in terms of wanting to be kept away from. Of course, they, uh, they feel that fans. way. I feel that way, and I'm not famous. Yeah, but yeah. if somebody. But I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I was I'm just going to ask you how do you feel when somebody comes up to you, Dan, after a show and they say, Oh, Mr. Natterman, I That's love different. you. And follows them around. <laughs> well, look, no, so, I mean, if they. It, it very no, rare instances. Like, in very rare instances. <laughs> I'm not, I, I feel uneasy, but, but. And you what know. do you do? What do you do? So you say, oh, I saw you on America's Got Talent. I love you. I think you're so brilliant and funny. Well, as, as, as Noam like would, would happily remind me, I'm not at that level that, that I don't get it all the time. But if I were at that level, I assume as many celebrities have, have figure out a way to <clears throat> both keep your distance, but not make people feel bad. I think there's probably a way to, to do it that works at least most of the time. Listen, I mean, I want to tell there's you. There's always going to be an instant where you have to cut somebody off because they're being too aggressive and there's going to be bad feelings. I think 99% of the time that you get approached, you can interact with the person in a way that makes them feel good and preserves your, okay. uh, your distance as much as possible. It right. is part of the job, being famous, part of the job description. Dan, is hold to on. Be I think you know. I, I think we lost sight of what we're talking about here, though. However, first of all, I want to say that Donnie has balls of keep, steel. Okay, we keep losing our Rebecca. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Donnie's got balls of steel, and he, and he's the type of guy I should worry about because somebody with that kind of fucking moxie uh, is certainly the kind of guy who can wind up on top of the industry. That, that's go, that's going on my uh, new website, by the way. Balls of steel. He has balls of steel. But having said that. We're not talking about a private estimation here. Yeah, it would be kind of nice if so-and-so was a little more friendlier. I don't know why he has to be quite so guarded, you know, be a little bit more of a mensch, whatever it is. We're talking about going public and criticizing this guy in the papers for this. We're not talking about just privately saying, you know, I wish his personality were a little bit more gracious or so, whatever it is that you want to call it, which I don't even agree with, but I'm like, yeah, you can, you can say that. I wish he was more friendly, but like to say that this rises to the level where he should be called out in the newspapers? No. Well, no he, you called him out because he's your partner, I think. Is that well, he, he, called, he called James a putz. 
Second of all, like he he's an asshole. Like Chris well, he Rock, was very, he was very harsh with James. I will. Chris agree. Rock, Chris, and he also poked fun at the club. You know, when when we're closed. You know, we need. I mean, it probably did give you a lot of good publicity. But like, how do you how do you how do you like put down a club that's struggling right now? That's forced to he be. Probably closed did give you publicity up. though, Donnie. I will say, but but I thought but, but, but guys like guys like Chris Rock, like you could tell he's like a shy guy. You know, I would never put someone like him down. I, you know, whenever I see him, like he doesn't want to be bothered. He's not like mean to people. He's just I do think Seinfeld. It seems like that's his persona, where he's a prick, and I just don't think that's cool. I, I do think he was very harsh on James in that article. If you remember, James had said New York is dead. I, I, I don't agree that New York is dead. I'm not even sure James agrees that New York is dead, but he wrote that article. Well, he didn't write the title to the article, though. I think it's, um, you know, you, you also have well, to... The article did say New York is dead. Here's why. And I run, the, I'm the managing partner here. I run the club. So, like, when he says, you know, we need sprucing up, like, he doesn't know what type of financial position we're in. Like how that does wasn't, that wasn't a nice thing that. to say. I mean, that really was not a nice thing to say about a comedy club on the Upper well, West Side. While he's in the Hamptons. Like, like he doesn't give a shit about... True. About while, while he's in the Hamptons. I mean, that's fair enough also. All right. If, if, I, I'm, I'm not going to take a side on your, on your tit, tit for tat with Seinfeld if what you're saying is that this other criticism somehow, and I have to take that into consideration in order to decide whether or not he should have been nice to your customer, I would say that I don't think one has anything to do with the other. But I, I just want to say my experience with Seinfeld is that he, he is to, to himself and he doesn't want to be bothered. However, without being asked, he's actually been quite generous. I've seen him be quite generous both to, to my club and to people. And he's just he just he just values his time being left alone. That's that's just the way he is. Can I ask you a question, John? Yeah. Yeah. How, like, don't you think these big name comics should be stepping up and be more being more supportive of comedy clubs? No. Really? How, why should they? I mean, they because to... you 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 know you discovered a lot of talent. You put these people on stage. Oh uh, come on! And, I, 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 I discovered and, and, a lot of talent. And other clubs. Go ahead. And other clubs, uh, sorry, I can't read and uh, someone wrote, so I can't read and talk at the same time. Um, and, you know, and a lot of clubs, you know, discovered other talent and put them on stage and then they become big and famous and they make a lot of money. And I, I, they're turning, aren't they turning their back on these clubs? That was a stepping stone for them to get where they are today. I mean, they have the power, we're not asking for money. They have the power of their platform to organize a fundraiser to support clubs and its employees. Like donate 10, 15 minutes of their time to help save an industry. Like, well, to, to be honest, I, I, I just don't see the world that way. It's, listen, when, when things first happened, like my Birbiglia started to go fund me for my staff and raise over $100,000. And I did get a call from one very famous comic. I don't want to say the, the name of the person who, who says anything I can do to help. But, and, if, and if you arranged a fundraiser for comedy clubs, I suppose some people might do it there was something like that for comics early on but then i i just well where, where, I, see, where? I see it the opposite way i i see it that anytime somebody famous or somebody became famous who worked at my club i was the lucky one not them i mean i i presume that somebody was, was very gifted and talented would have made it anyway 
And, and I'm just lucky that they walked into the comedy cellar. I don't think they owe me shit. I owe, I owe them. Not, 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 oh, I just think it's the right thing to do. And, and we are. That's presuming, that's presuming that they don't have their own brother-in-law, their own family, their own brother-in-law's business. They, they have their own lives of people who are intimate and close with them, who if they feel inclined to help, they can help those. They don't, they don't owe us anything simple. I just don't, I mean, you could be right. I just don't see the world that way. And, I, and I'm telling you, I think by not seeing the world that way, you avoid a lot of grudges in your life because everything is an equal exchange in business. A comedian comes in, he gets his hundred bucks, he does his set, and neither of you owe each other anything else. Everything else is just gonna be opportunistic. Nobody owes, nobody owes anybody anything. That's it, that's the way I see the world. Yeah, I mean, like I, I, saw, I saw Roy Wood Jr. last week and I told him about this fundraiser we wanna do in February. He's like, dude, like I'm in anything I can do to support it, you know? Yeah, I, th I think a lot of people would do it if it's there, but do they have to call me up and say, I mean, they have their own lives. They don't, I just don't, I just think that's, I don't think that's realistic. I think you're gonna have a lot of disappointment going forward in this industry if you think that people owe you uh, something when you're in trouble. Not, 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 not owe, but to realize that there is this comedy industry in New York that's really struggling right now and they're, and they're not getting any help from the city and clubs are shutting down. I'm, I'm like, I'm just surprised that some big name comics haven't stepped up to ask the city for help. Well, listen, fair enough, you're surprised. And what I'm saying, because I'm kind of older and arrogant, is don't be surprised the next time. You've learned something. The I've world doesn't work that way. They're not, nobody's coming, okay? You gotta, worry, you gotta worry about yourself and they don't owe you anything. And they really don't. They really don't owe you anything. They, they, they come down, like the people come to the comedy cellar and every time somebody famous comes in there, and my, my audience goes home having a great time and they write about it and whatever it is. And that's increases my, 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 you know, goodwill value of my business. And that's more than enough. I don't, I, I don't need to ask them for more. I just don't. Anyway, well, I think that was, that's uh, that's uh, I tend to side uh, to, to side with Noam on that one. I tend to side with, Donnie a little bit more on the Seinfeld issue with Noam a bit more on the uh, on the, on that last uh, issue. I think our, our friend or nemesis uh, Seth Simons has been Juanita. Hold on, my my friend, our friend nemesis. Uh, I've I've grown to to have a certain amount of um, uh, certain less less uh, outrage about him. Um, uh, has been saying many of the things that you're saying, Donnie. He's been he's been tooting the horn that the, the big name comedians are supposed to step in. He's, but on the other hand, he's also, been, he's also been knocking the comedy clubs for trying to do their underground shows and whatever it is. And do you have any comments on him? You know who he is, right? I don't know what it is about him that makes you feel less uh, angry or, or I, I, I feel that he is, he would send you to a re-education camp if he could. <laughs> my, my, my only comment about him is, I don't know why Chris Italia from the stand keeps on fighting with them on Twitter. Like, I, I want to tell Chris, like, dude, like, if you feel like responding to him, like, call me, like, let's talk. 
Like, why? I don't know why people spend so much. Like, I totally agree. I totally agree with you, Donnie. It, it, I don't. I don't understand like wh why people are even discussing this. I do want to say this. I don't know anything about the Seinfeld thing or anything else, but I would like to say that as a rule, I don't think it's that fucking difficult to be a little bit gracious to people. Uh, no matter. Yeah. No matter. I mean, we've talked about this before, and you think. I, I ridiculous but like i don't care who you are how famous you are like it's not that hard to like take two seconds and not be a dick well maybe it is you know that maybe maybe, no, you, need to understand. maybe, maybe you need to understand what it's like to not have a fucking moment to yourself uh uh 24 hours a day i do understand what it's like i, I do understand what it's like i'm a i'm a mother so i do no, no, understand that's, that's a completely different thing now listen We've discussed this. I've hung Look, out I with- see, I, it may be, I see other people doing it, now. I'm with I mean, a- I've hung out with some of the most famous rock stars in the fucking world. Ho, I mean, ho. I, it does, I mean, I'm not, I don't need to name drop. I mean, I could, but I'm not yeah, going to. Well, you should, just so we have a, 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 a you know. Axel Rose. Danny Kravitz, Mikhail Baryshnikov, the Rolling Stones. I mean, I've seen Puff Daddy. You're a rock star in the ballet world. I mean, little Kim, like I've seen people are not at Naomi Campbell. I mean, I, I could go on. It's like, it doesn't take that much fucking effort to not be an asshole for two Okay, seconds. I got to tell you, I see it differently. And I, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to end up name dropping myself. But Steve, my friend Steve, we, we went, we got invited to Brazil um, to see the Rolling Stones. Bon Jovi. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> and we got invited to, to go see the Rolling Stones. Um, by uh, one of the one of the people who playing with them, and we were backstage, and it was offered to me. Do you want to come meet? I, I think it was Keith Richards or or Mick Jagger, one of them. Whatever, you know, and I'm backstage, right? I'm like, no, no. I, I and I and why did I say no? Because because I'm like, this poor guy. I'm gonna walk in there. He's gonna have to smile. He's gonna have to shake my hand, pretend he gives a shit. I'm like, he's about to go on stage. Let me just leave him alone. Like, I, I think that you guys are wrong about this. If you want to be a mensch, you leave somebody alone. You, you Jackman came to the club a year and a half ago, and it was a Saturday night. It was packed. And, like, right away, he saw, I, I got a heads up that he was coming, so I brought my girls, who were a big Greatest Showman fan. And you, Jackman, walked in, saw my two girls, like, in the bench in the window, and, like, right away sat next sat next next to them, put his arm around them, talked to them for 10 minutes and like really made them feel special and gave, gave, yeah, gave that's, them that's his time. And it was like beautiful. It was beautiful to see. And like, he was kind to everybody and taking pictures with people. He can have all the privacy. I mean, these are people that have their own islands. They can have all the privacy they want. Look, Noam, I agree with you. I don't go up to but people you guys are either. Really and here and by, by, by throwing no, up there's two example. different, there's two different issues. Number one is, should you go up and bother a celebrity? Number yeah. two is, the second issue is, if your natural human weakness and adoration or naivete uh, pushes you toward saying hi to a celebrity, how, what should his reaction be? Maybe you did the right thing by not going backstage. You're a grown man, you're not starstruck. You're a young starstruck kid. You're gonna go up to a star. You're gonna say something. And the question then becomes, how best, how should the star handle the situation? Uh, so those are two separate questions. I don't think I don't think these people are obligated to go out of their way or you know I just think it's like what you said before Dan there's a way to handle it and walk away. No there is no way. 
There is no way to handle it because people I, I don't see, take well, no for an it, answer. I, I, I've I, seen, how many times have I seen, hey, uh, Mr. CK, can I get a picture with you? Well, not right now. Well, please, it'll just take a second. No, really, <laughs> I can't do it right now. Come on, please, come on, come on. honey, come on. Uh, there is no, and, well, and the thing I, is that when you're in that situation, you don't want to wait to see how it all uh, it all pans yeah, out. Yeah, that's true too. That's a fair point well, also. You know what, it usually pans out. I mean, there's some psychos out there, but in most cases, it pans out, okay, I know what Louis says, and 50, I've seen 50. him say it. I'm, I'm grateful to you and I, I'm grateful to meet you. I don't take pictures, which maybe- Come on, but please, Mr. Seeker, but it'll just take a second. It'll just take a second. <laughs> yeah, well, if they get that aggressive, then you got to move to plan B, but your initial reaction, plan A, should not be hostility. You give it's them a- Hostility, nice... it's just like, no. Okay, but no, I don't sorry. know what happened to Seinfeld that customer, but assuming he just turned his back without saying a word, <laughs> that is not the best way to-, in, to Maybe he didn't person. hear her. Maybe he didn't- All this is possible, but the point I, is, is, Somebody comes up to you, Mr. Seinfeld, Mr. CK, Mr. Whomever, I love you, I love what you do. Your first don't reaction- Don't you see, Dan? Don't you I, see how- Your first how reaction should not be turn I, your I head. Met, I, met, I met Seinfeld for the first be, time. Thank you, I appreciate it. Most people I, will say, sorry to bother you, I just want to say that and leave. I, I met Seinfeld- Then you move to a more aggressive stance. I met Seinfeld for the first time at your club, Noam. I was probably 16 years old, and he did take a picture with me. I asked him to take a picture. I put my arm around him, and he said, don't touch me. <laughs> Can't blame him for that. <laughs> well, they see this, but he agreed to take a picture with you, right? He did. Yeah, so, and, 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 he said, and, don't and, touch me. And, and you know, no, 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 good, no good deed goes unpunished, right? So he agreed to take a picture with you, and now the story is he said, don't touch me, rather than, he was really nice to me. Actually, one time I saw him, he agreed to take a picture with me. So maybe the second time I saw him, I should just say, I don't know, maybe he had a bad day. Like I actually have some experience with him. He's not always like this. He took a picture with me. So maybe he was, you know, maybe, maybe he couldn't be bothered with that person right then. I have to say, I think don't touch me is fair enough though. I mean, that, that, that feels legit. Like, and don't- If you're taking a picture with somebody, they put your arm around, I mean, that's just, come on. That's natural, no? No, natural. no, that's having strangers come up to you and start wrapping their arms around you? You put your arm around their shoulder, that's what you do. You can't just stand do next to a person? That's what people okay, do. Can, can I zoom out here? Because, it, because you understand- That's what people right. do when they take a picture. I mean, if you don't, you know, that's Listen, just- You understand that this is all, that, that this, that this, point of view is all related and it's all related to being jewish well yeah it's all related to a we, we almost have a million here this is going to sound harsher than i mean is it's the word because it's all related to where you to a sense of entitlement in other words if you view the world in terms of obligations that other people have to you in some way or another then he wasn't nice to the customer who went up to him he didn't, he's not doing a fundraiser for us comedy clubs in trouble. He's not showing proper appreciation because we discovered people, you know, uh, you know, I, and that's, and that I think is exactly the backwards way of looking at the world. I think it's wrong. You'll always be disappointed. You'll always be, you'll always be upset with people because that is not, I mean, how many people do you view that you owe, that you walk around? How many people do you call up? Everybody, how many people I owe everybody? And I'm not in Seinfeld's position. I believe I owe everybody courtesy. I'm not commenting on when, whether a Seinfeld is courteous or not. I'm just saying I believe. No, leave it. I'm zooming out from Seinfeld. I'm saying in general, like this. In general, I believe that I that 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 I owe people courtesy, especially people that are helping to pay my rent. I have, I I have never it. seen Seinfeld be discourteous. I am sorry. Well, you're zooming out from Seinfeld, so I'm zooming out from yeah, Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as what a celebrity owes his fans. 
I think it's what we, I, I don't think it's what celebrity owes their fans. I think it's what we all owe each other as a society, a certain minimum level of courteousness. It's not courteous to walk up to somebody and bother them. That's what I'm, I'm trying to say to you. First of all, this was probably a kid, number one. Kids, that's still not courteous. Come on, come on, come on. I, I really believe this. I'm, I'm not know, just saying it because on. of this. I've said this for years. You've heard me if say you're it You're a mental case if this isn't, because <laughs> the rest of the world loves their, their heroes. They love them. They go up to them. They see them and they go crazy. And, and comics do this too on occasion, although we're a little better trained not to. People love their heroes. They can't help themselves. A normal person who's not constantly looking at everything as a formula with a ledger and, and the pros and cons doesn't think he goes, he sees a celebrity that he's loved for 20 years, 10 years. Okay. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go you. further, Dan. That's how normal people react. Let me tell you this, Dan. Automatons do what you do. Hmm. Dan. Will Mick Jagger want to meet me? Probably not. Dan, uh, <laughs> Dan, let me, let, I'm going to tell you something. You tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, I believe there is a straight line from the mentality that I'm describing to you to the comedy seller's success. I believe that if I didn't, if I didn't have exactly the mentality that I have, that may I be. would not have nearly the success I have because one thing the, the comedians know, the most famous people in the world know, and this includes Louis. When, he, when I was going, had my head on the guillotine for him, is that I don't ask them for a fucking thing ever. I, they walk in, I don't bother them. I don't ask for an autograph for my son. I don't, I don't, I do not ask for a thing. I say, what, do you need anything to drink? Is everything okay? I don't even, I, it's- Yes, it's, that's fine and I agree with you, but from there to then- And they, say and when they appreciate kid, it. I, I agree with everything you just said, but from there to then say that a 20 year old kid shouldn't go up to his, his idol, and, 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 and ask for a picture or an autograph, that's ridiculous. I don't I, think Noam's saying that he shouldn't go up to him. I think what Noam's saying no, is no, that- No, he was he saying that. He was also, no, he's he was saying that he shouldn't expect the person that he goes up to, to sort of extend themselves to Not extend, it. but there, as you said- no, he, he was saying that- he celebrity, celebrities, uh, Most celebrities have figured out how to do it with some, with some mixture of courtesy, but also distance. It's not an easy- uh, thing to do, I imagine. It's on a, not an easy tightrope to walk, but well, some this people- This reminds me of the, the only time I ever, my father- because remember, these are the people without whom you would have, if as a celebrity, you wouldn't have anything at all. Does it mean you owe them your kidney? No. I think it does mean you owe them some minimal degree of courtesy, whatever that is, and we can argue what that would be. And I think most celebrities have figured out how to do that. When Jerry was, when Jerry Seinfeld was doing his, his, his documentary that he did called Comedian, and he shot a lot of it at the Olive Tree. What was this, Stevie? My father went up to him, and my father really never bothered Seinfeld. Either. My father says, listen, Jerry, I know that, you know, in your situation, you probably have people coming up to you all the time and, and asking you for money, but hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> and Seinfeld really laughed at that. You know, but that was that was my father's kind of uh, swipe. That was exactly what we're talking about. Like you, 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 I don't think you quite comprehend what it's like to be in the center of that hurricane. You know, whatever. But we don't know. Yeah. Yes, but I do see people doing it with that are at the center of that hurricane that do it with grace and a plum. Maybe yeah. it's not easy. Maybe they're extraordinary people. Yes, that's right. Oh, Steve wants are. to say I something. Know. I want to hear what, what uh, outside Steve wants to say. Come here, I want to hear what Steve has to say. And no, you got to come, come to the mic. Please don't refer him to that uh, as outside Steve. His name is Steve, and he doesn't like to be called outside Steve. Thank you, Daniel. Um, no, it's like a homeless person. You got a haircut, up. Steve. You look good. Oh, thank you. 
It's like a homeless person coming up to you and asking you for money. Yeah, but I don't say fuck you. I don't say fuck you. Well, <laughs> well. <laughs> I, I say, I, I mean, at some point, if it's, he was really aggressive, uh, I would I say no. Th- yeah, it's annoying. Of course it's annoying. I don't say fuck you, go away. I say, I'm sorry. I say, but anyway, I, I do mean what. And then if he continues to be aggressive, which they usually do not, then of course it's time for harsher measures. They do. But I did mean what I said about Donnie. You have balls of steel. You got Trump balls there. You don't give a shit. You're not scared of anybody. And there, there is a certain amount of, um, of uh, currency, a certain amount of success that comes to people with that amount of, uh, especially at a, at a younger age, with that kind of um, bravery. So who am I to say, you know? Oh, Steve wants to say one more thing. Once he starts, go ahead. I, I actually did go backstage with Mick Jagger and we had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> did he go back? Well, Steve had a great time. I, I didn't go. <laughs> well, Noah was sitting on the side of the stage. I would have gone. I would have met Mick. I, maybe I'm not a mensch. I want to meet Mick Jagger. I, 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 I didn't want to. I also sat down and talked to Katy Perry at the Comedy Cellar. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. But I said, well, no, that was different. That was at the comedian table with John Mayer. But yeah, but I didn't have to tell her that, uh, you know, that- Your, your uh, cousin Sheila joke? I, I didn't ask, have to ask her if I could sniff her underarm. That was uncalled for. <laughs> I, I didn't have to uh, talk to her. I talked to her about her song, how cute uh, her, her sketch was with uh, Elmo on Sesame Street. I Were you have, there the time that he brought Jessica Simpson in? No, I, didn't, I wasn't there. Va va voom, wow. She was super hot. Va, did va, you talk to her? Did you ask her for her autograph, Noam? I, I, did, I spoke to her because I was at the table. I didn't ask her for her autograph, no. Listen, I think it's embarrassing to go up to people to begin with, but, you know, I, it's, it's a messy thing. I'll tell you something else. You know, now, my father was, was very, very close with Ray Romano. Very close. And back in the 90s, there was a company that wanted to do a TV show slash reality-ish show from the Cafe Wa featuring my band. And this was a big opportunity and they wanted to get, um, and Ray Romano had actually done, had actually said something about the Cafe Wa being his favorite place in New York in, in an interview in New York Magazine. So, and he used to come there all the time. He was a big fan of the band. We, he, he, he flew us to California to play for his party. And anyway, but they, they wanted, they asked if you, if you think Ray Romano would come on camera for a second and just talk about, you know, how he loves the band. And they, they asked my father to ask Ray, would he do that? And there's no question Ray would have done it. No question at all. And my father wouldn't ask him. Close as they were, with all the other thing, with everything and everything, and, and discovering him and all that shit, and it would, it would have been nothing to Ray, my father would not ask Ray Romano for that little favor. So, and I think he was right not to ask. And I, and I didn't question it. Cause, and, I, and I wanted it to happen because it could have changed my life. But I didn't question I understood. I didn't ask who gave the order. <laughs> I got I to jump off. I'm, yeah. I'm, about to, I'm about to go on. You don't mean the building, do you? <laughs> should I, who, should I, who should I attack? I'm Kennedy Nation. Listen, Danny, oh, Danny, Danny I hope you don't. I'm Kennedy I, Nation. I hope you're not upset about anything I said because we just speak very bluntly on this show. No, of course, dude, of course not. I don't take anything personally. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's not true. But <laughs> 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 Clearly, that's not true. <laughs> uh, okay, go ahead. Listen, good, good luck. We'll, we'll, we will all be out of this. You have a rich partner. Don't worry. 
you're going to be open. You'll be open again. And he's also wrong about New York. New York will be back. And we'll all, and let's, we'll all have, all have a, a drink. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it'll be fine. Amen. Thanks all for right. having me on. Happy Hanukkah. Thank you. You Love too. You. Bye, Donnie. Thank you. Thanks, Let Carl. Donnie go. Now we, cause we, usually we like to talk about our, Dan likes to talk about our guests after. So go ahead. You sign off and then Dan has a few things he wants right. to say about you. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. I think Noah might have something. No, we, I think we pretty much said everything that needs to be said. Um, you're very feisty tonight. I think it's a good look for you. You're talking to me? Or? Yeah, you're much more like assertive, making sure that no, you're not- I get very assertive when certain issues are when I think Noam is, uh, but you know, the truth is I usually agree with Noam, but when I don't agree with Noam, I, I, I think I'm pretty assertive. Um, so, but, let's, but the thing is, the thing is this, yeah, okay, so you, you think this, you think blah, 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 blah. Would you go, would you own a comedy club and go public and go to war with one of the most important, like what, what would you, well, that, that to me is amazing. It might end up being a publicity boost for him that's ultimately uh, positive. I don't oh, and I, f I forgot to bring it up when he was there. God damn it. Because you know what he said in his interview? He said that he, they brought Seinfeld a gift basket from Zabar's. They sent Seinfeld a gift basket from Zabar's. And Seinfeld never said thank you. I'm like, oh, come on now. That's like wish, my Philip Roth. That. Isn't that exactly like my Philip Roth story? Well, you offered him pussy, but it's still a <laughs> You offered him something <laughs> valuable. And he never said thank you. <laughs> all right, I got to go. Bye. Um, Wait. Right, that was an abrupt good, but why do you got to go so well? I just realized my kids are here listening to me. <laughs> Wait a second. I do want to, before, I do want to. Um, go ahead. Before, I mean, if, if, if we're about to finish up, I would like to briefly mention Katie Lazarus, if I could. If oh, yes. Go ahead. Absolutely. Was she ever on this show, by the way? Yes, Dan, she was. Don't you remember? Uh, I vaguely remember. She was before, excellent. It was before she was great, my time. She was a great was, guest, and I was very taken with her. We, we, kept in we kept in touch via email for a while after I didn't that. realize. Well, Katie's very much like Periel, which is probably why you like her, Noam, because despite what people might think, you're very fond of Periel. Uh, she's, she's, uh, Katie was very, very liberal, very, very left-wing, uh, but also very, very sweet and... Uh, very much like Periel, very, very nice and very left wing. Oh, so thanks, they, Dan. I probably think, I think they would have been very good friends had they known each other. Katie was, did some stand up, but she mostly hosted a show called Employee of the Month at Joe's Pub, where she interviewed some pretty big names, John Stewart among them, uh, Gloria Steinem, uh, Kurt Anderson, I believe Lin-Manuel Miranda, among others. And she was diagnosed with stage four cancer about six years ago. Uh, and you wouldn't even have known it if, if, you didn't, if she didn't tell you or if you hadn't heard because her attitude was always so positive. Uh, she, you know, she was battling about as horrific a diagnosis as, as there is. And she was uh, the whole time laughing and smiling and working. Uh, I mean, you know, to be honest with you, I, I never saw one of her shows at Joe's Pub. I knew her as a human being and as a warrior against cancer. And, was quite impressed by those things. Um, and she did do our show. I, I don't remember what the topic was. What was the topic? Do you remember? It's now? about politics or whatever it is. I, and I agree with everything you just said. And, and you know, and I, I don't remember if I, if I knew when she did the show that she had cancer or shortly after that, but, you know, it was amazing to see her, um, how she managed to keep a positive spin on life as she knew that she was probably dying. 
And uh, I mean, I, I don't think I have that in me if I were in that situation. So anyway, so she died this week and, and, and her funeral was on YouTube. I, I watched it uh, this morning. Uh, it was live streamed on YouTube. And uh, yeah, it was very moving. So 44 years old, much too, uh, much too soon. So yeah, I mean, I think Perry Eleanor would have been actually fast friends. But in any case, um, all right, it's coming, coming for us all, people. So uh, not me. <laughs> um, yeah, that, well, we hope you're around for a long time to come. That's Katie Lazarus, but um, uh, she, well, you can go. Over. She, she, this was. I think she's already losing weight here, to tell you the truth. So um, uh, she sure looks thinner there than I than I remember her. Oh God, it's you know, it's just not fair that people get sick like that. How's that for a trite statement? But it's it's just not fair. It's just, it's just not fair. There's no God. Well, if there is a God, I'm then sorry. now my kids are. I'm sorry, I'm kidding. Daddy, daddy, daddy likes to kid. I know. I know. She's, yeah. Could uh, you hear what she said? Yeah. Some people believe in God, and you shouldn't piss on their beliefs. Is she didn't use that terminology? My daughter has such a good heart. I'm telling you, she shows she shows it uh, time and time again. Oh, there she is. Yeah, that's a nice picture of Kate. She's starting to look a bit more uh, like a Dwarman. Uh, she still has plenty of Juanita in her, but I am seeing more Dwarman as the years go on. It's a nice, it actually works together. Uh, the, the mix actually works quite well. Uh, well, she also has her dye, her hair dyed green. Okay, um, well, that, that's it. Uh, so um, who do we have next week, Perry Alashan Brand? Um, let's see. Next week, we have Damon Linker. Oh, he's a, he's, he's a good writer. Very good writer. Damon Linker, I don't know who that is. Well, you have a week to, to, to get up to speed. All right, we have to go. Listen, everybody, send your send your emails to, to podcast at comedyseller.com. That's my son, Manny, without his shirt on. Podcast at comedyseller.com. Come here, Mila. Come here. Say goodbye to everybody. Say goodbye, Mila. Say goodbye, Mila. Huggies. All right. Bye, okay. everybody. Look at them. I yelled at this one all day today. He took a, he took a mental... Beating for me today. Look at him, man. He's still and he still loves his daddy. Your employees, if they're listening, are sympathetic. They know what it's like to get a gnome tongue lashing. It is not pretty. I've seen it. In any case, we'll see you next time. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye.